welcome to the podcast. I went to film school, a podcast about film school and life after film school. Uh, Moss, you want to introduce yourself? Hey, it's it's me, Anthony. What's up? As usual. And uh, and today our guest is Julian Hoffman. Julian, do you want to say something? Hey guys, this is really fun. Life is boring now, so because <laughs> <laughs> this, this is what we've like really we've gone to. <laughs> This Life is, like, is boring now. This is like the highlight of my week. So, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I want to apologize then. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Julian, do you want to like introduce yourself to start off with, or? Yeah, um, I'm Julian Hoffman. I do YouTube videos. I write horror films. I also went to film school. So, yeah, surprise, surprise. Julian also went to York University with Moss and I. <laughs> Woo! Julian and I were in the same uh, program in screenwriting. Yep. We didn't really start talking though till like what third second year, third year? Yeah, I didn't really talk to anyone till then. So fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how it is, right? In first year, you're just like you're in water wings in the shallow end and you're just like, Whoa, this is there's a lot of people here. But by the second second or third year, that's when you're like, maybe I'll communicate. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. At first I was like really um I was like kind of intimidated because I was like, wow, these guys know a lot about movies, and I know nothing. And then eventually I learned things about movies, so. Same. Every, it's like every class, people would talk about at least five movies I had never seen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, uh, I still think about that, that, like, one of my first days in film art tutorial, where, like, uh, Joseph just started talking about uh, Magnolia, and I was like, what is that movie? I need to, oh, God, I, I don't know anything. I need to go home and watch stuff. Ugh. Yeah, same. Awesome. They, in in film art, they showed us um, Chunking Express, and oh yeah, right. Upon viewing that, I was like, oh my god, I don't know, I know nothing about movies. This is this is some this is not Austin Powers, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite favorite thing anyone's ever said about Chunking Express is this is not Austin Powers. <laughs> Moss, did you and Julian ever like meet or like talk and whatnot when at York? Yeah, yeah. we had the the uh, Cronenberg class together. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And then how we, was that? <laughs> Oh my god! Well, so my, I, th- I think my my first like real experience with Moss is, was uh, social practice. I think that was yeah. everyone's first experience with Moss. It, it definitely was. And then I was just thinking, I was like, "Who's this guy? Who like everything, everything dumb that that this 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 professor is saying that I want to challenge? It's already being challenged." <laughs> give me too much credit that was social practice was me just airing out a lot of like my own personal problems and i was just projecting onto the class i was like oh man i gosh i'm so pissed off at this other thing you know what this professor what what was that did she did she just say something that was like slightly like you know vague let me point that out she's she trying yeah. to explain how to write this essay with a bar graph like <laughs> she she wrote down the the like rubric in in like pen and paper live in the classroom yeah oh god i remember i remember when we yeah when we asked for a specific rubric like to get this like in writing it was like a criteria for one of our assignments or she was like beep you don't want no criteria dude does everyone need a criteria (laughs) scream yes like fuck we got like line piece of paper and then she started like on an overhead projector just like writing like live writing down like you know just uh, i think in in like not not bad handwriting, but like still like handwriting. Like I. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, actually, I learned recently that she has face blindness. Oh yeah, why, like which is why sometimes she would, if you notice, she would like walk into the classroom, walk right past her 
her TAs and like not recognize them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because actually my first experience at York was I was actually, um, I started there undeclared before I moved into the film program. So I took a class called, uh, I think it was like film art for non-majors and it was taught by Susie and I dropped it after one class. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, you know what? I really want to take film, but I don't know if I can, if it's worth it. Like, you know, like at what cost? You know? <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> Dude, I, I, I know, ex- I know exactly what you mean. I've, I've now taken, I think, yeah, three, I think three, yeah, three total classes with two of those three. I've actually have to say, like, I've been pretty good. Like, I enjoyed the Cronenberg class, mm-hmm. um, and uh, her her grad school course because she does have this like extensive body of work, um, especially like in what she studied, like Baudrillard um, yeah. and feminism and stuff. But then she's like notoriously divisive, especially in like her intro class and, of course, social practice. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I never had a... First off, Moss, I'm like surprised you're okay with talking about this on the podcast. Are you okay with talking <laughs> about this on the podcast? As like someone who's going to go into the world of academia? I mean, if a name gets blooped, what can be done, right? I mean, there's, oh, are you there's gonna bloop? just... I, can bloop the name. I, I don't... I, I don't um, who knows what's going to happen? Uh, life yeah. is changing and... <laughs> who can foresee know, the future in this regard? Right? Like, it's just so crazy. What anyway, crazy but yeah, world. for this particular prof, I only had her for social practice and... And uh, I kind of avoid, I almost took the, you know, I was in the Cronenberg course and like I went there for the first two lectures, but then my course load for that year was kind of like big as it was. So I just dropped it. But then I remember like I hung out with Braden, Julian, I don't know if you know Braden, but Moss does. And Braden had like, no, I don't think I I know that person. Yeah. He's in screenwriting. He was a couple years below us. Um, But he, uh, I went to get drinks with him like way before COVID obviously. And uh, he, he had just, I think he was just at the end of this course with and it was his first course ever with and he like went on this big rant about just what it was like and how they took this they they took this test like halfway through the course and of course it was all shit that they had never talked about it was like oh what was this quote from this movie and like where did this come from and at what like point in time did this happen and like i think the vast majority of the class failed this test so she had to add extra assignments to try and bring the grade average up yeah that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. 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 Checks out. I yeah. Mean, so, I, like, uh, no, go ahead. That's, yeah. I was just going to say, honestly, like, at that point, I barely even blame, like, anyone but, like, York admin for, like, the way that they make classes and they structure grade point averages. Everything is just, it, it just seems like a, uh, it, it's too much. I do, I dislike it quite a bit. Fair enough. Okay, yeah. So this is kind of, uh, we've kind of like already talked about, we kind of half answered this first question, Julian, but our first question was going to be like, what was your film school experience like overall? Like if you were talking to someone who was considering going to York and they asked you to kind of summarize your experience, like what would you mm-hmm. say? I actually had a great experience at York. A lot of people like to, you know, just like shit talk York. But overall, my experience in film school was very pleasant. Like I really enjoyed the class and like everyone in it. And I really liked how we had like this like small, this like small community of like friends and peers. Yeah. And, I enjoy that too. Yeah. And the thing is I was gonna, I actually applied originally after high school for film production and I wanted to be an editor, like a film editor. Oh wow. And I, I didn't get into production. So I just like stuck around and eventually I found my path with screenwriting and then 
I came in there and I'm, I'm really happy that I studied screenwriting because, because editing is something I can teach myself like online or just like, at home. But like, screenwriting was something that like that knowledge that we got. Yeah. Mentors, like, that's something that I could not, I could not learn by myself. And I think it was pretty advantageous learning that in such a small, like it's just a small class we had throughout those. Yeah. Classes. And yeah, exactly. Like I was going to say, like, do you think you would have like a different opinion of your film school experience if it wasn't such a, like if, if we weren't in such a tight knit community within that program? Yeah. Well, the, the classes that we had that, that were meant for just like, just, just lectures and trying to fit, you know, uh, you know, like uh, um, as many students as they could in the class. I didn't like those like film art where we were just sitting and like listening to lectures. I don't, yeah. I don't learn that way. It's, it's, it's really hard to, to pay attention when there's like 50 other people sitting in rows and just, you know. Yeah. So. All on their phone or laptop, like not even. Yeah. They're all anyway. watching. So it's like, yeah, they're all watching breaking bad on their laptop. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, th- seriously in film art, I remember like 1400, if you sat like further to the back of the room, you could just see like a bunch of like Netflix streams continuously yeah. going during that lecture. And like some of them were, I, I actually ended up watching like a full Rick and Morty episode on silence just because, because <laughs> like whatever they, it's like they, they had subtitles on. So I was like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> and then They're because, all, yeah. And also I think that, that day we were watching the wire, which is a show that I really I wanted that. to watch. And they started us on like season three, episode one, made us watch yep. a recap. I'm like, Oh my God, the spoilers. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird choice for him to start in the middle like that. Yeah. Did you ever wind up watching The Wire? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it. Oh, same. I love The Wire. Good. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually right now watching The Sopranos for the first time. So. What? Oh, Julian. Yeah. Julian. I know. I know. <laughs> you know what's funny? I'm, I'm, so I, 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 want, I went to The Sopranos back in high school, but I, re- but I still have like the complete series. So mm-hmm. I like convinced my girlfriend to start watching it. We've been going through the series. We're on like the last uh, six episodes of it. Nice. How far are you? I'm uh, just, I'm like nearing the end of season four. Oh shit. So you still got a little yeah. to go. I still got a lot and I don't know any spoilers and I'm really excited. Oh, how oh, many, like, so do you have any favorite episodes so far? Uh, Pine Barrens. Oh, fair, yeah, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. My favorite episode, I can't remember the, I think it's White uh, Knight and White Satin Armor, but it's the second last episode of season two. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that, yeah. that one, that one was like, was the episode that, that kind of took the show over the edge. Right? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Sorry. This could, I, the, I, like, <laughs> just to like avoid us talking about this for a whole other hour. Have you yeah. seen there's a podcast where um, Michael Imperioli, the guy who plays Chris, and the guy who plays Bobby, whose name I forget, yeah. they're like going uh, through episode by episode? Uh, uh, Steve Sharipa, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, no, because I'm just waiting. I'm waiting to just finish the series. I'm just scared to follow any of them on, on Instagram and follow them on social media because <laughs> I, I don't want any sport. Because this is the one show that I started this show ended like 13 years ago and yep. I still don't know a single spoiler for it. So I'm just, I'm just trying to like get it done really fast before I, you know, ruin it for myself. No, that's fair. When you're, when you're done and you can like finally look at stuff, you should go to the Twitter Sopranos out of context. It's very <laughs> funny. Just random screen well, caps. The problem is like all of my friends are Italian. So all they do is send, you know, like <laughs> Sopranos memes. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> so do you have any like many memorable moments or stories from film school that like, you would like to recount here or good or bad julian i think the i'd say the the best moment was when we were in class with amnon and we had our our second strike at york and yep. you know actually are we allowed to say this because i think you might get uh, you know what you, no you can say it, don't worry 
he's passed away. So yeah. and I think it's like so far after the fact with that strike, yeah. they're gonna care. Well, yeah. So so we had the strike, which was basically ruining like our final year of school. Yep. And he actually invited us. Our our, our prof invited us over to his house to you know to to keep teaching us. And like we had dinner at his place, and we had you know. It's, actually, about the time. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, just both times, you know, you know, the time yeah. we came over for dinner and had like a little dinner party and, and and had a class, that was that was really really special. Yeah, that was fantastic. I yeah, that. I, I, I never had the pleasure of having Amnon teach. Well, I, I guess I was in the first year screenwriting class that he taught, but like I never got to like get to know him all that well. But literally every single person I talked to says that like Amnon was just like this great great teacher. And everything that like like he was just so beloved at that school. Yeah, yeah. Julian, did you end up going to Amnon Shiva? I did go. Yeah. Yeah. Sam. Yeah. It was the thing is, I was it actually wasn't really sad. It was kind of like a happy occasion because everyone was just celebrating his life, and you know, I like yeah. I felt like it was like it was actually like a good experience. But I mean, I, I wish I didn't have to go, but you know. No, I hear you. I, I agree with what you're saying. It was like it was more uplifting than like traditional shivas could be, and I liked that. Yeah, yeah, because like you know the shivas I've been to are just like yeah, so, de- so depressed. I mean, obviously they're so depressing. Someone has died, so yes. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that's kind of the aim sometimes with Judaism. It's just like okay, now it's time to feel sad, so do it. Yeah, the thing about the thing about like Judaism is like is like we have like moments that we just like dedicate to being sad. Yeah. We're just like, oh, you know, time to be sad. It's this time of year. Fair, yeah, yeah, I hear you. <laughs> how long? How long does? Sorry, I, I forget. How long does sitting shiva usually go for? Seven uh, days. Seven days. Yeah. Seven days. Wow. Yep. That shiva means seven. Right, 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 right. Man, that's that's so. Yeah, you're right. That's that is a lot of time to like really grieve and like. Really not every fa- not every family like follows that to a T, but generally that's yeah. Like, um, yeah, usually like like the first few days are pretty heavy with like with like visitors, and then the, the last few are kind of just yeah here and there. You're surviving mm-hmm. on the last casserole people brought on the third day, and <laughs> yeah, what's just like I feel like that's it's such a weird concept because if I was grieving, I don't want people coming in and in and out of my house for seven days straight. I'd be I'd be very distraught. Right, I think it's supposed to like somewhat uh, not distract you from the grieving, but like help yeah. share it a bit or share the burden mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Fair enough. It's definitely off topic here. Yeah. This is now, this is a podcast about <laughs> Jewish philosophy now. Uh, <laughs> Moss, we're going to convert you. So yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah well, so, uh, Moss is, sorry, uh, uh, Moss, you're Italian, right? I'm only half Italian, but, but yeah. Well, yeah. Italians and Jews are, are very similar. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's uh there's 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 a lot of of uh cultural crossover I find. Yeah. Tons. But yeah, uh Julian, were you ever going back to like film school stories? Like were you ever on any film school sets or anything like that? No. Um what's funny is I actually never worked on any York. Actually, I I did one production, but I actually had a lot of friends at Ryerson who who let me work on their films. Oh, the good school. Okay. No. Yeah. No, the thing is like, I actually went to this set and I was the first AD and they're, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's the budget? Like uh, a few grand. And they're like, well, actually we got like 13 K. I'm like, what? What? 
Yeah, they had. I, I did the short with that they were working with like thirteen thousand dollars. Where did they get thirteen grand? Were the kids just rich? They, like? I yeah. So they had a crowdfunding campaign that was filled in like a few days. I'm like, they, these are parents. The parents just filled the money here. <laughs> yeah, this is some kind of like laundering scheme. But like, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I worked on like three. I think three or four Ryerson productions. I because I because at York I I transferred into film late, so I felt like I kind of didn't know anybody and. Um, I knew people at Ryerson, so I just I just went over there to work on films. Fair enough. Did you enjoy that working on those films in Ryerson? Oh, yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, was I remember. Say, sorry, no, Zach, you go first. Sorry. Okay, yeah. Just a quick story. Like uh, I remember uh, somebody I uh, used to work at this film production company, and um, one of my bosses there uh, was like a student, like a few years before I was, and uh, well, like ten years before I was. Anyway, but uh, he went to work on like this. Apparently, at the time, like famous ryerson film set uh it was famous because the kid uh whoever's directing producing had like a ton of money to throw into it or his parents did anyway and they made like this very elaborate like holocaust film uh wow. about like i think it had something to do with like the fucking like the trains going to one of the camps or something like that mm-hmm. and it was just like known for like these elaborate sets and costumes and of all the subject matter for a student film it was a holocaust movie which was weird that's crazy right that's wild huh? yeah anyway what were the what were the do you remember which um student films you worked on at ryerson like 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 the names of them yeah or like were they about or anything um well the big one i worked on was called stable and it was about like um, a canadian um veteran coming home from the first world war and he's like a and he's an artist and he's getting flashbacks of the war while while they're like like he, he comes home from the war early so they're like the they're still making him draw like the war propaganda. Oh, okay. And he's getting flashbacks. And it was, the story was okay, but like the production was huge. And we had like 30, 40 people working on it. And it, and it premiered at like, at, um, at, at, at I think Imagine Cinemas Carlton downtown. Oh, damn. How long yeah. was the film in the end? Like 22 minutes. Jesus. I think uh, CBC actually bought the rights to it. What? Really? Wow. I don't think anything happened from that because I didn't hear anything, but you know, still fuck. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Oh, oh were there, good. were there I'm student films at Ryerson generally like longer there? Like I remember at York, usually student films were only like 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, give or take. Yeah. Well, the one I worked on was like a third or fourth year film. So they gave them longer. Okay. Fair. But like the first, the first few I worked on or the first one I worked on was like 10 minutes, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember at York and fourth year, you go up to fifteen minutes. But whenever I was trying to like get a student film together, I would always try to keep it ten. I think the shorter the better with short films. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, like the, the the short films I made in university were like off campus films. Like I did, I did it with like my own money, just with a few friends. Mm. Well, yeah, you uh, helped us. You helped us, You boomed on Hard Boiled, which was yeah, like, I was yeah. Say, you were on a Gladstone set. Hmm. Wait, a Gladstone? I'm sorry. What that was? A, that was an Anthony Moss set. That was a Gladstone production, uh, I think. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> kind of, I was gonna ask whatever happened with the short that that you guys made. It's on Facebook. It's like up. Yeah. No, yeah, I saw it's that. On, it, it, it's on our Vimeos, but it never really. It didn't. Uh, it didn't quite make it into the into the finalists for that like Bell program that we had well yeah because originally we did this for ipf so like mm-hmm. back back then how the ipf application worked is that you needed uh like you had to set up social media accounts and get put up a trailer 
that would be like a minute long as well as send them like pitch documents and stuff of what would it be mm-hmm. if it were a series. So from the pilot for the web series that we shot for Hard Boiled, we put together the trailer and like applied and did everything, but we didn't make it in. So we did. So we we just kind of kept all the social media pages up and we put the, the full pilot on uh, Facebook and as well yeah. as on Vimeo and whatnot. I think YouTube. Did you you watch it, yeah. Rachel? Yeah, you know, you know, well, if, if it helps, I think it turned out really well. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm like, I still have my eyes out in the future <laughs> for like other stuff we'd entered in, but for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so yeah, another question, Julian. Uh, are there any like big takeaways you have from film school that you really appreciate, or any you don't? Any big takeaways? Like any big lessons you learned there that like? Yeah, I feel like it gave me. I feel like it gave me a big advantage in the screenwriting world because they're basically everyone you talk to who's in the film industry is like, yeah, you know, I write. I do a lot of writing. Yeah. But I don't. But then you like see their scripts and you're like, I'm so glad that this like script competence was hammered into my brain. Right, because whenever we, we would hand in a script with even one typo, our prof would just lose it. And obviously, he was he was a great prof. Howie was was amazing. But like, I'm glad I'm glad that he would put it, put it, you know that, put it on that display for everyone to see like exactly what you did. Yeah, wrong. exactly. Oh, like yeah. He made us read. He made us read our own scripts in front of the class. I'm like, oh god, this has to be perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Those are good lessons and whatnot. So yeah, another thing. That, like, no, go ahead, Ross. I was just gonna say that's one of the things that like I um I was I think I've said this even before. I was always jealous of the screenwriting students for it because you got like those those uh those really cool workshop kind of classes that you guys got to do. But then at the same time, I don't think I'd ever want like one of my scripts that I've been working on for a while just to get like thrown up <laughs> in front of the class and just like kind of not ripped into. I'm sure that like Howie didn't just like roast you there, but like. Yeah, you know, it couldn't have been easy. Just like you know, getting honest no. critique up there. Like, no way, I'm not a big it, fan of that. It sucked. It sucked at the time, and but now I'm kind of glad it happened. Yeah, I'm glad it did too. It's like it's like, it's like a public stoning. Like after a while, it doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't hurt anymore. But now, like you know, you know, the lesson is learned. So exactly, glad it was done. <laughs> So yeah, Julian, I don't know if you want to plug because like other, we let's talk about other stuff about you. I don't know if you want to plug your YouTube channel, JF Films. <laughs> well, I'd actually like to plug the, the like short film that I did, Revenge of the Slasher. Oh yeah, okay, talk about that. So the summer that we that you guys did hard boiled, basically, I think twenty eighteen. Yeah, I was twenty. Sorry, go ahead. Basically, in June that of that month, I actually shot like a short slasher film with a with a few. Like I didn't actually have a crew. I had friends who I taught how to do things, and they tried their best, which was they did try their best, and we we ended up with this like 23 minute like slasher comedy that we, that we basically spent like $800 on. That's pretty we, good. Used, like, we used every last resource that we had. And when it was done, I was like, yeah, this is good. It'll go on YouTube. We get like a few thousand views or whatever. And then now it's like, we, we put it through some, some like film festivals and we got accepted. We, we won awards. And now we're streaming on Amazon prime. So nice. Congrats. Yeah, it's just wild that people actually watch this thing. <laughs> Dude, that's yeah. honestly amazing. Which uh which film festival did you put it through? I remember seeing this, but I can't remember any specifics now. Yeah, there were there were a bunch uh in the States. We we only went to a few of them, but yeah, we did like um Toronto's Spring of Horror. Um we did um Horror Hotel in Cleveland. I forget all the names now, but we actually 
this October, this past October, um, there was this horror convention in Niagara called uh, Frightmare in the Falls. And they actually gave us our own panel to like screen the film and do a Q&A. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy because we shot this film on like our, our like digital cameras. Well, it's, it's obviously it's like a Sony A7, but it's still, you know. Still, no, that's awesome. Like, fuck. Congrats. Yeah. And like initially, I did put it up on my, on, on my YouTube channel where we do like metal comedy videos. But because our, our audience is so like niche, it's, they didn't really get it. Right. Which is funny because yeah. like, like most metal, ha- most, most metal fans love horror. Yeah, so what was like the reaction to it when you put it up? Were people just not engaging with it or? It was so weird. They were like making inside jokes from like my other videos. They were like, oh, this is not Slayer. Like, you know, I'm like, what? If obviously it's not Slayer. It's a, it's a short film. Like, were they just, that's so weird. So they were just kind of annoyed it didn't fall in line with your other stuff? Yeah, they thought it was just like a space to be ironic about, about my other videos. What and the like, fuck? there were some fans wow. obviously that, that got it and they, you know, sent me messages. They're like, yeah, it was so good. And I'm like, thank you. And then like, there's the other fans who just like either didn't click it because they didn't understand what it was or, they just like kept making jokes about Slipknot the whole time. So, <laughs> <laughs> just just what, like, I, don't, I don't know what to say. So I'm just going to default to a Slipknot joke. That's literally, wants. that's it. Yeah. Like that's, that's what they do. <laughs> because like, because like, they, cause we have like characters in masks. So they're just like, oh, Slipknot. Like, you know, I relate to this now. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty funny. I, like, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. they didn't re- react the way you wanted, but uh, still the film is pretty successful and everything. So yeah, honestly it worked out because we ended up actually taking it off YouTube to put it on, on Amazon. So yeah, that's pretty mm. good. That's yeah. th- that, that is pretty great. I was going to say like, I know that you're from what I've seen of your YouTube channel. I mean, like it doesn't seem like posting like a short film that might not be like out of, I guess, I don't know. You're like your, your canon of, of videos or at mm. least of style. But like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm surprised to hear that because you you've got a lot of subscribers. You've got a for for what you said is niche. You've got a pretty good amount. Yeah, it's like over a hundred thousand, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a hundred hundred sixty five thousand. Jesus, yeah, look at you. Yeah, nice work. Thank you. Okay, sweet. Uh, so Julian, like, how'd you get your YouTube channel started, or like, what inspired you to start it to begin with, and everything? Um, well, it's interesting because I actually ran this like facebook meme page for metalheads and like by 2013 i was getting more into into video and i just like i'm like oh will these memes translate into video on youtube and i like filmed this thing and posted it and they liked it so i was like okay and then i just kept making videos and it kind of like i I don't want to say it blew up because it didn't get big until more recently but it got really popular with the like niche metalheads but then the problem is like a few years ago, like I kind of like fell out of being a metalhead. Like, oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I used to like, that was like my, my like persona back in high school and early um, university. But then I kind of fell out of it. And like, I, I actually, Zach, like Zach, if you, if you remember, like I didn't, I, I didn't ever mention that I had this channel for like a long time. I think until like fourth year. Yeah. I, yeah. I gotta say, yeah, that's true. I never knew you had it until like, yeah, yeah it was fourth year. Cause I didn't really talk about it in film school. Cause I didn't know how people would react to it, especially cause like the videos are so, I'm not going to say they're stupid. They're just like, it's not the same. It's not the same kind of humor that I guess that, that you guys would find funny. 
Well, I don't know. I find quite a few of your YouTube videos pretty funny. I think I understand your apprehension, though, because like especially in university where everyone's trying to be like super like intellectual and like very hoity toity. Mm like yeah um uh also it's nerve-wracking because like you see these people every day in real life like if i had a youtube channel successful or not i'm not sure if i'd be so like keen to like talk about it either oh yeah Yeah. that too i think it's like i want it to be taken seriously or like at least kind of seriously so i'm just like you know i don't i don't think that like if you told everyone your youtube channel like no one would take you not seriously no, no, I know. But just, I understand like, the fear, though. Like, right, yeah, I was, yeah, just, yeah, I, I was sure. definitely, I was definitely going through some kind of like identity crisis in in university. Okay. Fair enough. So, do you still consider yourself a metalhead? No, I, I obviously like. I still like metal. It's still part of like part of my my interests, and I still make videos about it. But I'm not a metalhead. Like, I don't like walk like walk around wearing the band tees anymore, and like I still have long hair, but only because I'm I'm used to it and I, and I, I like how it looks. So. Mm. Fair enough. Hmm. Huh. Um, so do you find it difficult to like still make video, make content for the YouTube channel and everything like that? Or yeah, very like it's, I, I know the, the like formula, so I can do it and I have been doing it. But the problem is, it's just like, I don't really have any inspiration anymore to make these videos. I've been trying to make these, like, at least if I'm going to do it, I was trying to make these like little horror parodies that are like metalhead inspired. And like, like those like are bird box parody one. Yeah. And like, those are fun. Cause like that one, I like shot well on purpose just to see how fans would like react. <laughs> cause it's funny. Cause like I can like run around shooting on my iPhone and like that video gets a million views, but I actually like sit down, put on like a nice like prime lens on my camera and, t- and take my time with it. And that video gets like 30,000 views. So what I realized is like, it's just the content. Like they don't care how I shoot it. What, what, what camera I use, you know? No. Would you prefer them to have like to be more uh, welcoming to the stuff that's higher quality and whatnot? Or yeah, like I, I the thing enough. is, if I'm gonna put work into it, I want them to be more like I, I can't force them to be receptive to it, but like I'd, I'd like it. Yeah, fair enough. Sorry, yeah. that's sort of a dumb question. Sorry. No, I know, but like, yeah, the thing is, like, I these like parodies that I do, I, I do put work into it, and like, I don't, I can't like expect them to just like take to it, but. The thing is, like, the ones that do watch it love it. So I just, you know. Well, that's good, at least. I mean, do you still work with people who consider themselves metalheads? Yes. When they so, make this stuff? Yeah, so the star of the channel now, his name is Chris. He is, like, your generic, like, metalhead. Like, he is the metalhead. Okay. So, like, that's what I had going for me. So I have Chris, and, like, if anything, I just put him in front of a camera, and that turns into a video. Hmm. That's pretty cool. That's a cool resource to have. I guess. Like now, like before I actually had a few different people. The thing is, I don't like to be in videos because I don't think I have the personality. Plus I don't want to be known for being a metalhead on YouTube. Fair enough. I've I've been using like different people to be in videos ever since like 2013. And then Chris has actually been the lead of the channel since like 2015. Okay. So, Hmm. So now, like, so now everyone actually, for some reason, everyone thinks that Chris is me. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, they're like, wow, Jay Hoff is so drunk in this video. I'm like, guys, like, <laughs> <laughs> come on now. <laughs> like, I, I, I get, the thing is, I do appear sometimes only to just, like, maintain my identity. So, like, <laughs> so I show up and they're like, wait, who's Chris's friend? <laughs> um, 
or or they're, or they're like, who's J-Hop's friend? And like, I, I, I understand maybe them thinking that like Chris is like J-Hop, if that's like, uh, like persona that he's like, you know, taken up. But then who would, who would Chris be? Like they know his name is Chris. It's fair. Yeah. Okay. It's really, yeah. yeah. But you know, yeah, I'll admit I don't exactly fall into this uh, to the audience of metalheads, but I did. Uh, we did check out some of your other stuff that you recommended, and like I said, the the val the was it Valentine's Day for metalheads that was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so. That good. was great. And yeah, like uh, how to make friends? Like how to make metalhead friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was our, our first like viral video. Really, that was like, the first one I got big. Yeah, and funny like that was Chris's first ever video on the channel. <laughs> Right, yeah, that was a couple of years ago. I think you mentioned HMV in the mall, and uh, I had a yeah, feels. yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> Rip, dude, HMV in the mall back in the day. Remember what a time it was to be alive. Yeah, I know. There's always one reason to go to a mall: stop in at this one store. Tell yourself yeah, well, I don't buy anything. Yeah, I think it's like if I'm gonna go to a mall, at least I'll pick a mall with an HMV in it. And even if if I don't buy anything, I just like walk around looking at at the like DVD covers. I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm satisfied. Exactly, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Telling yourself that they're terrible deals is a good sale. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like twenty bucks for two movies, and like that's a, a ridiculous. But I still like the store. <laughs> but I still want a copy of Rocky Horror and Jaws. So, yeah. like, I, I need to own this, even though when I watch it, it'll be on Netflix. But like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by the time I get to it. Yeah, there's like so many movies that I own because like I try to collect horror movies, and then like I have this like stack of like DVDs next to my TV, but then I'll just end up looking for the for the movie on online. Yep, <laughs> it's like I can't, and like I have a player, I just can't be, I just I don't know, pulling out the disc, cutting it, and like I don't know. It's just so much yeah. work. I, I remember. I remember my girlfriend and I a few months ago, like last year actually, we went to, do you know the video store Video Flicks? No. So it, it used to be like a small chain of like video rental places. And then of course they like dwindled down to, to the point where there was only like, there were still like one or two that were still renting videos in Ontario. There was like one in Toronto and there's one in, a, in, a, in this town near my cottage. Anyway, but um, the last one in Toronto was going out of business. So they were selling all DVDs. So we went oh, over shit. there and one of them were going out of business sales. And we got a bunch of cool shit, but I also, but I got a, I got Better Call Saul season four because oh, I, nice. at the time it wasn't on Netflix and I hadn't yeah. seen it <laughs> and I was like, oh sweet, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to be so ready for when season five comes out in a couple months. And then I just let it sit and sit and sit until it popped up on Netflix and I just watched it there. Well, dude, um, uh, what's funny was that when HMV went, went out of business, I went and bought the Sons of Anarchy like box set. Oh nice. yeah, and nice. I, and I was keeping, I was keeping it on my shelf, and I'm like, I'm gonna watch this. I'm gonna watch this. And then recently, they put Sons of Anarchy on Netflix, and I was so excited. I was like, I can't believe it's finally on Netflix. I can watch it again. And I'm like, wait a second, I've owned this for years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, like, that's the same thing happened to me with Trailer Park Boys. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's funny though. I think they only have do they, do they have do they have all of it on Netflix now. Sons of Anarchy. Oh yeah, they have also all of it. Season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they. I added season one and two, watched it with my girlfriend because I, I, I needed her to, to watch the show with me. And, funny. and then, like, obviously, they had no more seasons. I'm like, fuck, what do we do? Like, you know, the whole time. Yeah, I'm, I'm just like, okay, I, I guess we'll just wait till they put it up on Netflix. I'm like, hold on. Like, I own these. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how, I am with, uh, that's how I am with a lot of, uh, a lot of movies that I, I own. I'll be like, oh, man, like, 
look what's on Turner Classic Movies, Disney Express. Like I'd never see that, or you know, like uh, or yeah, like, I didn't what? buy that for your New York boss. Oh no, def- but you did, and I own it, and yet my brain is just like, oh, I just look over, I see the DVD case, and I'm just like, I have to walk all the way over there, open up there this, this piece, yeah. this piece of plastic. It's just, it's just too much. Too much. It's okay, Moss. The struggle is real. We get it, bud. <laughs> the struggle is real, you know? It is, yeah. So, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah, another thing about, about you, Julian, as if, like, you weren't fantastic enough, you've also, you started uh, Screecher.net, right? Screechernet.com. Screechernet.com. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. shit. Screechernet.com. Uh, sorry. Yeah, so, yeah, you want, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I started that with um, Karim Banka, also from York. It was yeah, like, I didn't know you knew Karim. Yeah, we actually never spoke. I think once at the AB, we were both wearing Evil Dead shirts or something, and we spoke. But uh, we actually never spoke in York. And then, like, we actually started started talking on Facebook. Like, I think like over a year ago. Hmm. And and then because like cause we were talking about making like a short together because like we liked each other's work. And then it kind of never it never took shape. And then we were kind of planning something before, you know before the, the uh, pandemic took over our lives. Mm. Fair, yeah. But then we're, we're like, because we're, like during March and April, we had nothing, like there was nothing to do. Like now, now like stage three is happening. You can kind of leave your house if you wear a mask, but like there was, back then there was nothing to do. So we're like, you know, w- what do we do? And we're like, well, why don't we just like start a website and we can like, we can not only share our, like our shorts, but we can actually post like any anyone's short film that we like or that you know that we that we want to help you know yeah and like talk about and like put out articles about horror and everything yeah yeah so so we we like kind of joked about that and then we're like well why don't we just try it and then yeah we did it and it was really fun and now like we're the thing is like the 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 uh, website is still in in early stages but we're just mm-hmm. trying to basically find a lot of work from from like other creators so that we can like fill the website with just like indie shorts and indie features that's pretty cool yeah yeah so that's like your plan i was gonna i was gonna ask that was my next question actually was like do you have a plan for the website for the future going forward or like anything like you want to achieve yeah. five years of it or something like that yeah i think it's like we want to just make it like a cool little hub for like indie creators so like i, yeah. I want to have like a section for like for like sh- for like uh short stories and or like effects or like music films like and everything just like a place to just come see work that wouldn't be seen otherwise that's, that's really awesome. cool i really cool. Yeah. Are, you, are you like going out and like seeking this work out or do you yeah yeah we we did like a a call to action like we we, we put out some like instagram ads and i've been posting in groups but i think like we're just going to collect work as we find it so if like something comes our way or if someone just messages us and they're like hey we have this thing can we like share it on your, on your website we'll be like yeah just like send it over to us that's awesome yeah have you so have you uh how much like how much content do you have up there right now for like any creators like a lot right now we, you're still building right now we have our own stuff and then we have uh we have a few from these creators from toronto they're called the uh, deformed lunchbox they make these like really cool shorts out of thornhill actually oh, oh really cool. yeah formed lunchbox that's such a cool yeah name. it is yeah and they, and they make these like really high production like shorts with like a, a crew of like four people and it's really cool. So I try, I yeah. shared their videos and then I'm, I'm looking for, all, for, for more creators to share. That's cool. Are they like to form lunch bar? Are they like university students or are they like, or just, yeah, I think they're, like all, they're all, they're all like people who are trying to break through in the industry. I think uh, a few of them are, 
a few of them are, are currently in the industry. I think they, they're probably all ex-film students. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but it, but I, cool. I, we ought to have them on the podcast. You should actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm able to turn them out. Yeah, if they went to film school. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Otherwise, they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. How I'm dare you? Try I just realized how like, harsh that sounded. <laughs> How dare you not go to film school, right? Like that, that wasn't just a random joke. That's how you really feel about this, right? Like you were talking. <laughs> oh yeah. Day, like yeah, film school is super important to me, and not. Oh yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> yeah. Did, well, actually, it's it's, it's funny because like I only took it seriously in the like last two years of school. Well, like I always took screenwriting seriously, but like my other classes in film art and and all that. No, I hear you. Yeah. I I like I kind of like slept through those classes and and like. Like in in film school, like you can you can like kind of stick through a class and get a B because like you generally know what you're talking about, and as long as you like, as long as you like vaguely understand the concepts of your essays, you can you can get Bs and Cs. But it's like I wish I I wish I actually paid more attention in class. Now, yeah, I hear you. I mean, there's there's always gonna be like a bit of, and this is coming from someone who had the TA class as well, where like there's always a bit of responsibility I feel on behalf of like the, (laughs) uh, no, but I mean this, I mean this in that, like, I remember like a lot of students would tell me like, Oh, Anthony, like, I just, I'm not really interested in like what I'm being taught. And like, there's not a lot that you can do to change that. And I was like, that's fair. Cause it's honestly like a lot of like people go to film school to learn how to make films and stuff. And what universities try and do is like, yeah. And when we're teaching you the theory of filmmaking, we're also going to lump together a bunch of like dense social theory and like histories of like politics and stuff like that. Yeah. And especially in the the version of the class that I had to TA, there was a lot of like, we were teaching like ideology and Althusser and like a lot of like higher level philosophy to like these students who mm-hmm. most, for the most part, not that they couldn't understand it or follow it, but they were like, Hey, I'm I'm here to actually make movies. I don't know if you guys know about that, but like, yeah, no, it's what? yeah, because like I remember in like second year, I was just eager to get behind a camera or do something, and now I'm learning postmodernism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm just like, oh yeah, Ingmar Bergman's cool, but like Ingmar <laughs> Bergman's cool. Bergman's cool, but he he didn't spend all his days talking about postmodernism. He actually like yeah. got behind a camera and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, that's the thing. Like, um, that's one of the other problems. And I, I've heard that like other film schools and universities do it a little better than say like York or even Ryerson, where they still do in their film classes, teach like a lot of like stuff that's like, you know, kind of related to media studies, but really is just kind of part of part of the greater canon of like, you know, academics and like philosophy and stuff. It's, Mm-hmm. like post teaching postmodernism, like like not gonna lie not a lot of like <laughs> that shouldn't really be mandatory for the production and screenwriting students in my opinion but whatever yeah well well actually so my first i spent five years at york my first year was undeclared my second year was in film studies and then i didn't actually get into screenwriting into my third year when when, when i realized that that's what i wanted to do are you glad you like that? Like um, that? Like you gone to screenwriting and in your oh, yeah. when you did, or do you wish you had done the first two years? I obviously wish I did the first two years, but I think my choices, like it was, I think it was my choices in the first two years that actually led me to screenwriting. Yeah, I feel you. 
I don't think I actually would have ended up in screenwriting at all. Like if I had gotten into film, film production, I would have probably been a film editor right now. Right. And honestly, the best of the, the best of the screenwriting courses are in like the last two years. Yeah. I think it's like when I actually took that, uh, that first class that I had with you in Howie's class, I actually wasn't even in the program yet. I was oh, really? Just, yeah. yeah I, I had like fought my way in cause like the first, the first um, screenwriting class that I had, I loved and I wanted more. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in film studies, but, um, can I, can I take this class? And then they're like, yeah. and they're like, honestly, ask Howie. So I sent Howie an email and he's like, all right, if you watch witness, you can come to the class. <laughs> What <laughs> really? You're just like, yeah, watch Witness and like, I no. guess. No, but he's like, he's like, if you're serious about it and you want to catch up on the films, you have to watch Witness and this. And I think it was, uh, I think Midnight Cowboy before the next class. Oh wow, nice. I didn't, I didn't actually watch the films, and I showed up to the class. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and he's, haven't seen and them to like, this day. <laughs> and he's like, welcome. And then like he like talked about how. I think he like did, he gave me like a brief, a brief intro and he's like, and Julian watched the films too. I'm like, yep. Watch the films. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did. I, I actually did end up watching the films just because of how much, how he talked about them. But yeah, God knows. <laughs> yeah. Like that, whole, that whole course was like 45% witness. And uh, what was the other one? Midnight Cowboy. And being John Mel- Midnight Cowboy references. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but you didn't get turned off by the guy there with the Muppet tattoos who would never shut the hell up. Oh yeah, actually, so that guy was in my first year screenwriting course, so I kind of learned oh, yeah. to tune him out. Yeah, I tuned him. He's like, oh, my buddy wrote, uh, what was it, Scott Pilgrim or something like that? Yeah, or like he worked on Scott Pilgrim or some yeah, shit. Yeah, he's like, that's all he ever talked about. He's like, yeah, I'm 30 and I'm just doing this class to like catch up. I'm like. I'm like we're on we're on the same boat here, buddy. Like, yeah, calm down. Do you remember? Do you remember when he was in the TV writing class? He like started a fight with Jill. I think he I think he left like very briefly, didn't he? He yeah he left like a quarter way through, but before he left, do you remember he got in this? He like started an argument with Jill like in the middle of class, like the prof. Hey, I don't think that? I was there that day, but I, oh, okay, I fair. Wish, okay, I, I wish I was there that day now. Okay, yeah, it's it's like not that interesting a story. It was just like she was talking because we remember the assignment was like spec one of these three TV shows and she yeah. was talking about yeah. them. And she was like, "Yeah, this TV show, there's always a mystery building, so you've got to like develop the mystery in your episode." And he tried to argue that no, you you don't have to because not all of them had a mystery or some crap. Was, yeah, that, like that's the thing. That's what I was expecting. Like when I when I got into like film school, I was like, "Damn, is everybody going to be you know like <laughs> this?" like this like like very uh you know egotistical yeah i don't want to say pretentious but like i was worried that like you'd have the like students like in the you know the like the the, like stereotypical students who wear wear scarves and they're just like oh you know the best films are from the 1930s and (laughs) i only watch david lean films Mm, yeah yeah they're like david lynch huh yeah it's poser I only watch uh, I only watch Brackage films backwards. Uh, Calm I watch down, them Moss. and rewind. Yeah, no, but dude, I don't know what you mean. There's a lot of honestly, the academic institutions are like really bad festering grounds for like pretentious personalities, right? Like they love yeah. that shit. Yeah, I think it's like I I found that more so when I was in film studies. There were a few more of those uh, of those individuals. Like me, yeah. No, I know what you mean. <laughs> I was, like, I was waiting. Is, is someone gonna make this joke? Like, <laughs> but yeah, for the I, I know what you mean. Film studies, yeah. it's uh, 
uh, can be kind of hard to sit through sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so it's like like almost time's almost up, kind of. Yeah, yeah. We're we're uh, we're moving to the end of our of our interview. Yeah. Like so Julian, is there like any last thing you want to plug from your stuff or like any, any videos you'd recommend people check out on YouTube channel or any articles you'd recommend um, from screeturenet.com? Um, I'll just say if you like mockumentary style comedy and like dark comedy and you kind of like metal or you want to get into metal, you can watch my videos. Um, I do have videos that are accessible for like non-metal heads. You just got to kind of sort through them. Um, if you have Amazon Prime, check out Revenge of the Slasher. And, yes. Uh, oh, we'll yeah. Put, definitely. Uh, we'll put some links to stuff in the episode notes. Cool. Yeah. And then, other than that, yeah, just um, I guess go to film school. And I, <laughs> one of the things <laughs> I also wanted to say, difference. as someone who doesn't—I mean, I like metal, but I'm not like a metal head. But I got like mm-hmm. most of the video, every single video I watched, at least from like the few that I checked out, I understood. I didn't have any problem like following along. So cool. Yeah. I mean, like, there's some videos that are more dense than others in like terms of like metal jokes. Okay. I see. I see. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's free country. You can check it out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. No. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Julian. No problem. Thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Yeah. Was yeah. Thanks for coming time. on, Julian. So yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody, and like uh, rate and subscribe and all that shit. And, and uh, thanks for yeah, listening. Enjoy. Stay safe. Stay safe. I Went to Film School is recorded in Toronto, Canada, and produced by Zach Gladstone and Anthony Moss. 